Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. So, I've got a disclaimer uh, before I start the message this morning, and that is this. I, well, number one, actually, I have a couple of disclaimers. I'm not a professional minister. Right, so I apologize if this message is a little unpolished. Um, I sell flooring for a living, so I'm just a normal, average, everyday guy. Right, so that's disclaimer number one. Disclaimer number two is that although there is a call of God on my life, that call has nothing to do with preaching a good message. <laughs> I have not been called to preach good messages. I've been called to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. Amen. So I'm here on assignment. I'm here on assignment. And the best fruit that can come from the message that comes forth today is not for people to come up and say, oh, that was a great message, brother, or for you to go home and say, that was a great message. But rather, the next time I see you to say, wow, I actually began to put into practice the things that I learned. And let me tell you about how many people got saved since the last time I've seen you. Come on. Let me tell you how many demons I've cast out since the last time I've seen you. Let me tell you how many people got raised from the dead since the last time I've seen you. Come on, right? That's the fruit that we're after, right? It's the fruit of the ministry of Jesus. And you and I have been called to continue his ministry. That's why we bear his name. We call ourselves Christians, little Christ-like ones. Right, And so this morning, I want to speak to you about power and authority, the, specifically the power and authority that Jesus gave us to continue his ministry. And I want to talk to you about our responsibility as little Christ-like ones, the responsibility that you and I have to begin to exercise and use the power and authority that he gave us. How many of you know that power and authority is useless unless you use it? Yeah. It's completely pointless. Right? Imagine an officer, a police officer with a badge and a gun that never uses their authority. You wouldn't think that they would deserve to be an officer very long, would you? That watches homes get broken into and cars get broken into and people get attacked and they're standing right there by the sidelines doing nothing. Well, can I tell you, the thief has been at work for a long time and a majority of the church has been like that police officer standing off on the side doing nothing. It's time that we start acting in the power and authority that Jesus gave us to continue his ministry here on earth because there is a work to do, right? There is a work to do, and he gave us that work to do. So I want to go over a couple of definitions with you, and these definitions are important, right? They're important to understand what, what we've been given. Whenever somebody dies, right, or somebody goes on to the next life, they leave behind what's called a last will and testament, testament Right? So how do you know what's in a person's will? Well, you have to read the last will and testament, right? Well, how do you know what God's will is if you haven't read the New Testament and the Old Testament? Right? There's a reason why it's called a, a testament. So, well, I don't know if it's God's will to heal. Well, you haven't read the will and testament. Come on, somebody. Well, I don't know if it's God's will to save everybody. Well, you haven't read the will and the testament. Because he said it in his will, and he said it in his testament, right? So bear with me. This first part of the message is going to be a little bit boring. Imagine that for an honest preacher. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard a preacher say, the first part of my message is going to be a little boring, <laughs> right? How do you like that? 
but I want you to stick with me because just like whenever you're sitting at a will and a testament reading, it's a little boring until you find out that your rich uncle left you a million dollars. Right? Then those ears start to perk up. So bear with me because we're going to establish some definitions that are going to be important as we go along in today's message for us, for you and I to understand what has been left, with, uh, left to us in the Testament. Amen? So bear with us as we work through this. So I want to talk to you about authority. Power and authority. So power and authority are two words that are used interchangeably in Scripture, but they actually have two different meanings. Like I said, we're going to establish what those are so that as we progress in this, in this message, it begins to make sense and we can connect the dots. So authority, for those of you Greek nerds, I'm not a Greek nerd, is exousia. Exousia. Yeah, it's all Greek to me, so. All right, bad joke, sorry. So it's, it's exousia, which actually, whenever you, if you're taking notes, I want, you to, I want you to remember this. It means ability. It means jurisdictional power, right? Or jurisdiction. And it means authority to manage affairs. So we've been given ability. We've been given jurisdiction. And we've been given authority to manage God's affairs. I want to talk to you about power. Power in the Greek is the word dunamis, right? Dunamis. So if you're taking notes, I want you to make a note of this. It means ability, strength, power to perform miracles. Come on, somebody. It means an errant power residing in a thing by its virtue or nature in which a person or a thing exerts or puts forth. So you have to actually use you have to put forth an effort to use this power and authority that you've been given in Jesus' name. We're going to talk about that, okay? Now, in order to understand where we're at in this process, I have to take you through a biblical process. I'm going to do it very quickly. Say, it's a little boring, but stick with them. Tell your neighbor. <laughs> All right, stick with me. So mankind lost his authority, right? We know the story, right? God put Adam and Eve right in the middle of paradise, he just said six or seven times, it is good, it is good, it is good, right? All of a sudden, it becomes not good. Why? Because Adam and Eve disobeyed, right? They ate the forbidden fruit. Whenever they fell, all of creation fell with them, right? All of creation fell with them. The, what once God called was good seven times. Actually, the seventh time he said, it is very good. Remember that the Genesis account, Genesis 1, he said, it is very good, Right? All of creation fell whenever Adam and Eve, who was told to have what? Dominion, subdue, right? Multiply and rule the earth. That's the commission that God gave us over. He, he entrusted us with, it, with the earth. He entrusted us with his uh, creation. And we lost that power. We lost that authority whenever we disobeyed God through Adam and Eve, our ancestors, right? And then all of a sudden now Satan has caused the fall and we're in the mess that we're in now right? That's what caused the mess that we're in now. Now, the Bible says, according to First uh, Peter 5, 8, he says, right, to be watchful, right, to be sober, to be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, I want to draw your attention to something. In Job, whenever Satan appears to God, remember, and asks permission to test Job, God says, where have you been? And, and the devil said, Satan himself said, I've been roaming to and fro where? About the earth. The earth. 
wait a second, I thought the devil was in hell. But the Bible places the devil on earth. Isn't that interesting? With that understanding, again, we're going to connect some dots here. With that understanding, it makes sense that whenever Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, remember that the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray just the way John's disciples taught him to pray. He said, when you pray, pray this, right? He said, thy kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why? Because that's where the chaos is. That's where the disarray is. That's where things are out of order. That's where Satan is working with all of his minions on the earth. And he told you and I to pray that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you want to know what the will of God is like, look at heaven. Come on, somebody. He said, pray that my kingdom would come, that my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You just saw and witnessed an eye testimony of what God's will looks like. How many church people would have said, well, brother, to the mother and father, well, you know, God must be trying to teach all something. You know, God said he'll never give us more than we can bear. Well, you know, he's just trying to increase your faith. Why? How? By keeping your daughter crippled versus that doesn't increase anybody's faith. What increases the faith is when we saw what we just saw. Because can I tell you something? It's Ariana, right? Ariana is going to be jumping and leaping and skipping and doing cartwheels in heaven. So if you want to know what God's will is like, you look at heaven and you say, I pray that God's will. This is way better than y'all are shouting. I pray that the will of God that's in heaven would come to earth right now. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you never, ever, ever have to worry about God's will is. If you ever question God's will, ask yourself, does it exist in heaven? If it doesn't exist in heaven, it doesn't exist on earth as long as you and I are here. Because we've been given power and authority to perform his will on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Amen. Amen. Luke chapter four, verses five and seven. I don't know if we have these on the screen. If we don't, that's fine. But this is where the enemy takes Jesus up. Remember that Jesus was tempted in the wilderness? Takes him up into the high mountain. And this is the devil speaking. He says, all the kingdoms, he showed him all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, I will give them to you, all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it'll be yours. You know, what's interesting. Jesus didn't say, you liar. He didn't. He didn't say, you're father of lies. This might be the only place where the devil partially told the truth. Because guess what? It had been given to him. All the kingdoms and all the authority and all the power had been given to the devil. Guess how he got it? God didn't give it up. God never lost it. He got it through you and I. He got it through the disobedience that happened through Adam and Eve whenever they gave over that power and that authority. Come on, y'all. Don't shut me down because I'm preaching good. He, he, He got it through Adam and Eve through their disobedience. That's how he got that power and that authority. Now, Jesus comes back as a man 
to restore what the original man lost. See, you thought that Jesus just came so that you can, uh, so that, you know, he died and go to heaven just so you can have a, you know, go to heaven and have your best life now. But that's not the only reason why he came. He came to restore that which was lost. The power, the authority, the original image that was lost. You know, we're the only ones created in his image. Remember Genesis? Let us make man in our image. Let me ask you a question. These, I'm telling you, this is going to connect some dots for you. When the Lord started to show me this, it blew my mind. It really did. What did the devil always want to do? To be what? Like God. Well, guess who is like God? You are. Why do you think he's attacking you so hard? Why do you think he's coming against the image of our young women so hard? Come on, somebody. To have image issues. Why? He's attacking the image of God. Because that's what he wants. He wants to be like God. Remember the seven idols? I will be like God. I will be like God. And there was a battle, right? And Satan was thrown out of heaven. And actually, when you read that scriptural account, we don't have time to go there, but read it for yourself. It actually says that he was thrown down to the earth. It didn't say he was thrown into hell. It says he was thrown down to the earth. So now God raises up a new creation called human. Come on, somebody. And he says, I want you to subdue and have dominion over every. Somebody got it. Somebody finally got it. Somebody finally got it. Come on, somebody. You're going to subdue and you're going to have dominion because that thing, what I once called, it is good. It is good. It is not good anymore. So I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to create you. I'm going to make you in my image. I'm going to give you my power, my authority to go and subdue that thing and bring it back into order. Now, this is what's interesting. Satan said, I can give it to whoever I want because it has been given to me. The King James, the original uses the word delivered. It has been delivered unto me. What happens if I deliver a package? It changes hands. It's been delivered. It goes from my hands to Pastor Chino's hands because I delivered it to him. That's exactly what happened whenever you and I gave over our authority in the garden. It was delivered unto Satan. Come on, somebody. And he now has it. That's why Jesus had to come as a man. He couldn't come back as God because God never lost his authority. He had to come back as a man and he suspended his, now don't don't misunderstand what I'm saying. He was always God. He was never less than God, but he was also fully man. And the Bible says that he encapsulated, I believe it's uh, Philippians, if I'm not mistaken, he, he, he encapsulated his Godship and he only operated as a man, but he had to do it that way. Why? Because man is the one who lost the authority, the original Adam. Why do you think the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam? Because the first Adam blew it. So the, so the Trinity's having this meeting in heaven. This is extra biblical, so bear with me, okay? They're having this conversation in heaven. They're saying, okay, there they go. They blew it. What are we going to do? And Jesus goes, I'll go. And the Holy Spirit says, I'm going to, 
empower him to do the will of what you have the Father. And guess what? Then Jesus is born. He goes about doing the will of the Father. Why? Because the Spirit of God was upon him. The same Spirit that he gave you and I. He told the disciples, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as orphans. Listen, if you get this, it'll change your life. I'm, I'm, I'm not exactly, if you catch this and you begin to use this, it will change your life. You'll pray different. Come on, somebody. You'll read your Bible different. You'll walk different. You'll talk different. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. And who he is in you. So the enemy says, it's been delivered unto me. It's been relinquished unto me. But that's what Jesus came back to do. He came back as a man to defeat the powers of darkness and to return the power and the authority that was lost back to us. Right? So Jesus gives his disciples power and authority. Now he does, he does this while he's actually here on earth. He actually does, he actually begins to do this even before he's uh, uh, crucified and raised from the dead. Of course, it intensifies after that, but he begins to do this in his ministry through the disciples and through the 70 and through others, even while he's here. Matthew chapter 10, verse one, he says, and he called the 12 disciples together and he gave them power, there's that word, against unclean spirits and to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. How many manner of sickness? You know, I looked at that word all in the Greek. It means all. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. But the word there, although the, the Bible translators use the word power, the, the Greek word there is exousia, which is authority. Did you know that you have authority over the devil? Did you know that you have authority over sickness and disease? Actually, according to this, over all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. What sickness and disease isn't included in that? It's all. But see, we think there's a difference between cold and cancer. Because we say, well, cold is easy, cancer is hard. Yeah, but to God, the only thing they have in common is they begin with the letter C. No, this isn't Sesame Street, sorry. C is for, <laughs> right? That's the only thing they have in common to God. There's no degrees of difficulty for God. Come on, we sing it. You have no rival. You have no equal. Do you mean it? Do you really mean it? You know that picture of Jesus and the devil arm wrestling? Completely false. There's no arm wrestling. Are you kidding me right now? There's no arm wrestling match. Here's a revelation for us. The devil is a created being. He's a fallen angel. Why in the world do we think that he's a match for God? He's not. God could end this whole thing right now. Completely vanquish the devil. So why hasn't he? Well, I think it's because he wants to use some Candaces and some Nunsies and some Jasons. 
Come on. To complete his work. Because there's a work left to do. Are you still alive? There's a work to do. When he's done with you, he'll take you. Okay? You won't be here anymore when he's done with you. And if he takes you before it's time, we're going to try to raise you from the dead. Actually, we will raise you from the dead. Come on, somebody. Oh, death, where is your sting? Come on, somebody. If you still have breath in your lungs, your assignment is not finished. And that assignment is to continue the ministry of Jesus. You've been given power. You've been given... You've been given power. You've been given authority over every manner of sickness and disease and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. That's Bible. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Write these down if you would for the sake of time. Matthew 10, 1. Mark 1, 27. Mark 3. 14 and 15. I'm gonna give you lots of Bible. Sorry for using so many scriptures to preach the word. Mark 6, 7. That's Mark chapter 6, verse 7. Luke 9, 1. Can we put Luke 9, 1 on the, uh, on the screen, please? Now, we just read in another gospel that he gave us power and authority over every manner, all manner of sickness and all manner of disease, correct? Let's take a look at Luke 9, 1. He called, he called his 12 disciples together, right? He did it again. And he gave them power and authority over how many devils? All. all devils. And to cure disease. So you have power over all sickness. You have power over all disease. And now you have power over all devils. What are you waiting for? Let's go. What are you, you're dismissed. What are you still doing in this chair? Come on. All manner of sickness and disease. All devils. All of them. There's not one thing that Jesus didn't give you authority over as it relates to the works of the enemy. Why? Because we have the same commission that he does, and that is to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy the works of the enemy. The 70 come back, another, another gospel says 72. I don't know if he sent out 70 or 72, it really doesn't matter, but he sent them out two by two. Remember, they came back and they said, Jesus even the demons obey us in your name, right? And he says, listen, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You notice how he took them right back to identity? Yeah. Why? Because that's the very thing the enemy will try to attack is your identity. Right. Even the demons obey us in your name, Right? But then Jesus makes another statement that kind of leaves us a little baffled. And he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. It's like, wait a second, is Jesus having a flashback or something? No, friends, listen, the Holy Spirit showed me this. When you and I go out and the power and the authority in Jesus' name, guess what? Satan's kingdom falls like lightning. You want to know how to stop the devil? It's not prayer walks. Come on, somebody. 
Yeah, they came together in church and they prayed, but the Bible says that where they were, where they were praying was shaken. And then what? Then they scattered and they went out and they did the ministry of Jesus. Come on. The work of ministry is out there. It's in your job. It's in your neighborhood, right? It's at Walmart. It's at the grocery store. That's the work of ministry. That's what we're called to. Luke 10, 19. Jesus said, behold, I give you, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over how much power the enemy? All. all. There it is again. Over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now this scripture had me baffled for a long, long time. Because if you read it, you say, okay, Jesus says that he gave unto us power over all the power of the enemy. So does that just mean that Jesus's power is stronger than the enemy's power? And so that's why we have power over his power? That's kind of how I interpreted that all these years. But then, this is where the boring part's gonna kick in for those of you that were paying attention. If you remember, when I read you the definitions, I said that that first word power there is actually not power, it's translated ability. Yeah. Remember? And that second, I'm sorry, the, I'm sorry, the first word there is, is authority, rather. The second word is ability. So a more accurate translation of the scripture would be that Jesus says, I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a completely different, is, does it not get a completely different light? I give you authority over all the ability of the enemy because the ability, because the devil does have ability, right? If he didn't, we wouldn't be sick, right? If he didn't, there wouldn't be all this chaos. But Jesus says, I give you authority over his ability. Or remember, I told you, I said, remember this word, jurisdiction. Well, doesn't the Bible call the enemy a thief? You have jurisdiction over all the ability of the enemy, right? Matthew chapter 28, verse 18. It says, then Jesus came to them. This is after he rose from the dead. It says, Jesus came to them and said, all, there's that word again. All, authority, where? In heaven and on earth, has been given unto me. Wait a second. Hold on. That's a showstopper. Why? Because guess what? And this is going to mess with your theology. But as it relates onto the earth, Jesus didn't argue with Satan when he said that, that, that Satan owned all the authorities and all the kingdoms of the world, did he? Why? Because remember, you and I delivered it to him. He initially gave us the power and the authority over the earth. He made us the keepers of the earth over his creation. But you and I, through our disobedience in the garden, eating the forbidden fruit, we delivered it unto him. So then Jesus comes, come on somebody, and he says, I'm taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I'm taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Behold, all power and all authority has been given unto me, Jesus says, and I give it to you. So therefore go, go and do what? The same things that I've been doing. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out devils, cleansing lepers, preaching the way of salvation. Sight to the blind. Come on, somebody. 
if Jesus said he has all authority in heaven and on earth, then how much does the devil have? I mean, all means all, right? Well, either Jesus is a liar or he's not. Do you believe what Jesus said? When he said, all power and all authority has been given unto me. So if Jesus has all, then how much does the devil have? Then why do we treat him like he does? Why do we treat the devil like he has so much power and so authority? Why? Jesus said he's got it all. And then he said, behold, I give it to you. So how does the devil, listen to me now, this is very, very, this is very, very important. If Jesus has given us the power and authority back that we lost, so now we have it with Jesus. Again, right? We don't have it apart from him. Okay, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. This isn't the power within you, Oprah. No, it's not, okay? It's in him. He lives in me, so therefore I have it in him because I'm in him and he's in me and the Father. Come on, somebody. That's John. That's John. And if you abide in me, you'll bear much fruit because I'm the vine and you're the branch. And apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you see how these dots are starting to connect? I mean, somebody should be doing a lap right now. This is no exaggeration. I was teaching this message. I used to teach in a ministry school for eight years. This is no exaggeration. I had a student run about this part right now. She literally grabbed her head, goes, ah, and she ran out of the door of the classroom. I thought we were dealing with a demon. I'm like, well, that's what we've been talking about. <laughs> that's right. I thought we were going to have to do a deliverance. She came back and she's doing this. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I, they never told me this. They know, I've been raised in church my whole life. They never taught. They never taught me this. They never showed me this. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. She came back to class next week and said, guess how many of my friends got healed when I laid hands on them, when I began to understand the authority that I have because I read the will and the will says, it's my will to heal. It's my will to set free. How the devil gets power and authority. It's the same way he did. His tactics are not new. It's the same way he did it in the garden. He starts to get you to doubt God. Yeah, that's it. Did God say? He gets the power and authority from us whenever he gets us to come into agreement with him. That's how he gets the power and the authority. That's how he gets the authority. Because to believe the lie is to empower the liar. When you come into agreement with the lie of the enemy, he doesn't need power and authority. All he's got to do is borrow yours. And that's what he does. He starts talking to us. And nothing happened whenever you prayed. You're a, you call yourself a pastor. I guarantee you that was going through your mind. It wasn't in your mind, though. It was in his, it was in his mind. Return to cinder. Right back to hell where it came from. Come on, somebody. Those weren't the thoughts of the Lord. Telling the mother and father, yeah, I don't know. 
probably never going to walk again. You should probably start making arrangements. You know, it's going to be pretty expensive to modify your home if you have a child that can't walk up and down those stairs. Come on, somebody. It happens to me too. All the time. But he only gets the power and the authority whenever you and I come into agreement with it. We need to return to sender. Come on. Nope. Nope. That's not the will of God. It is God's will that my daughter walk again. It is God's will that I make hospital visits and people raise up out of their hospital beds. Why? Because I've read the will. I know what's in the will. I know what's in the Testament. And that's what he said. I never have to question God's will. It's in here. I look to heaven. Does it exist in heaven? No, it doesn't belong here on earth. Why? Because I've been given the power and the authority to make it different. Come on, somebody. Because Christ lives in me. Listen, do you know, do you know that the kingdom, see, Jesus said, don't look to the right, don't look to the left, because I tell you, the kingdom of God is within you. Did you know that the kingdom of God resides in you? Oh, come on, somebody. Listen. Can I tell you what started happening in my life when I just got a smidge of that revelation that the kingdom of God lives inside of me? That means everywhere I step my foot, the kingdom of God is advancing. The kingdom of God is at work. That means when I step on the job, the kingdom of God just showed up. Come on, somebody. When you go into the hospital room, things change. I don't care what the doctors say. The doctors don't have the last word. Jesus has the last word. You've been given power. You've been given authority to do his works. But it doesn't reside in you. It resides in him. He is the vine. We are the branches. That's why we have to stay connected. In me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Come on, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I cast out demons in your name? Didn't I do great and mighty miracles in your name? Depart from me, I what? Why? You weren't abiding. I didn't know you. You weren't in me, I wasn't in you. But can I tell you something kind of scary and sobering? These people called him Lord. See, the cessationists, which is a group of people that say that miracles don't happen anymore, they say, oh, see, there it proves right there. False miracles said they were doing them in his name. There's still power and authority in the name of Jesus. Carries power and authority. But he said, I, didn't know, I don't know you. You weren't, I, you weren't connected to me. Listen, something very deceiving. Again, I'm talking to ministers. I'm not talking to church members. You're ministers of the gospel. And I want to tell you as ministers of the gospel, listen to me, please. The gifts can be very deceptive. What do you mean by that? This is what I mean by that. Your gift will continue to work for a short time, even whenever you detach yourself from, the, from Jesus. Isn't it nuts? You can still pray in his name and see things happen. You can still stand right up here. Worship team, you can still stand right up in here and the power of God will fall and you're fornicating. Living in sin. 
You're not abiding in him. But yet your gift still works. What about all these preachers and teachers? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. We've seen it for decades and decades. They continue to preach. Well, I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, so many people got saved under his ministry. Yeah, because the, because the name of Jesus has power. But he was sleeping with his church secretary. He embezzled millions. I never knew you. You weren't abiding in me. But Lord, I did. Abide in him. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, for the sake of time, I need to fast forward. I want to give you a couple of analogies and then I want to bless you. And then um, I'm going to give it back over to Pastor Chino. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19, Jesus says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 16, 19. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. We're familiar with that, right? Okay, a couple things here. Jesus said, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. What do keys represent? They represent access, right? To be able to unlock, right? To be able to have access to. They represent ownership, right? So when this will change your life. So when Jesus says, I give you the keys to the kingdom, that means that everything I own, Chino now has access to. Come on, somebody. That's a lot better than your shouting. Listen, I said, Lord, why would you give me the keys to the kingdom? I can't even keep up with my car keys. And you're giving me the keys to the kingdom? Right? Come on. This is Bible. I'm not making this up. That's why it's called good news. Yeah, it is too good to be true. That's why it's called good news. God, you're giving me the keys to the kingdom? Are you kidding me? I wouldn't give me the keys to the kingdom. I know me. And Jesus is like, yeah, I know you better than you know you. And I'm still giving you the keys. Friends, come on. But this is what he said. He said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Wait a second, hold on. The Holy Spirit said, read that again. I said, okay, Lord. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose. Holy Spirit said, read it again. I'm a little slow sometimes. Listen, I sell flooring for a living, okay? I'm not that smart. So, okay, Lord, read it again. Okay, Lord, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will loose in heaven. The Holy Spirit said, read it again. I said, whatever you bind. Oh, my word. No, 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 no. Who's doing the binding and the loosing? You are. Isn't that what he said? Read it again. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, speaking to you. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Why are we asking God to bind Satan when he told us to do it? God, I don't know why you just don't do something about that old devil. You know, he's coming against me. I just need you to bind him. I just need you to... The Father in his love is looking at us going, I gave you the keys to the kingdom. 
Don't get it twisted. The job description, see, we're asking God to do something that he told us to do. We're, we're trying to flip the job descriptions. Whatever you bind will be bound. Whatever you loose will be loosed. There's power in the name of Jesus. On my job, I have no power. I'm just a regular employee. But if my boss, my manager, the branch manager for the whole place says, David, I want you to gather everybody up from around the facility and tell them to meet me in the conference room. It's amazing what happens when I go to the different people that I have no authority or no power in that place, I have no jurisdiction. And I say, his name is Tony. I say, hey guys, Tony says, stop what you're doing and go meet in the conference room. It's amazing. They all stop working and they start walking to the conference room. Why? Because then I have no power, I have no authority, but the name that I come in, I carry a name and I carry a message and the name is Tony said and the message is go to the conference room. Well, let me tell you something. You've been given a name that's above every name. You've been given a message where he says you go, you preach, you heal, you cleanse, you raise the dead. Friends, are we like that police officer? The badge represents authority. The gun represents power. The police officer doesn't have the power to physically stop my speeding car. I will run him over and smash him like a pancake. But he has the authority to stop my car. Why? because of the authority that's been delegated to him to carry out the will of the one who sent him that says in Kennesaw on this road, you don't go faster than 35 miles an hour. Are you getting it? Okay. Are we like that police officer that's watching the thief at work? Have you ever seen a crime in progress? I have. He was like, sure could have used a cop around here, right? And I don't mean any disrespect, I back the blue. I've got a sticker on, my, on the back of my car. What I mean by that is, is that we really need somebody with some power and authority to be here to do something about this. When your daughter's in the hospital and she can't move her legs, when she's being stuck in the bottom of her feet, I, I, I challenge one of you, to all of us, to go home and take a, a sewing needle and just print, pr- come on. Makes me cringe just thinking about it. Look around and say, I wish somebody could do something about this. Well, there's about 50 or, you know, maybe 50 people here this morning that have been called to do something about it. They've been given the power. They've been given the authority. They've been given the commission. Because friends, the same commission that was on Jesus is now on us. He put it there. I'm only going to ask those that want this commissioning. I'm only going to ask those that want this power and want this authority and are going to do something about it from this moment forward. I only want you to stand. Do not stand if you don't take this seriously. Please stand if you want this power and this authority. That's Everybody has access to it. Everyone has access to it. So don't sit down because you think you don't have access to it. Sit down only if you're not going to do something about it. And I'm sorry for being so passionate, but I don't know about you, I am sick and tired of watching the thief at work. In my life, 
in your life, in my friend's life, in my family's life. I am tired of watching the thief at work. And I'm gonna start using my power and my authority in Jesus' name to stop the thief. Because I've been given a badge and I've been given a gun in the spirit to do something about it. I'm gonna share this with you in closing. If you wanna receive this commission, lift your hands. If you wanna receive this power and this authority, lift your hands. I'm gonna read over you the same commissioning that Jesus read, that the Holy Spirit told him to read when he was in the synagogue. Holy Spirit, I love your ministry. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd move now upon your people. Only you can empower your people, Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come now and empower your people as I read the commission of Jesus over you and over myself. Luke 4, 18 and 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Holy Spirit, move upon your people right now. Just wait just a moment on the Holy Spirit. He doesn't take long. Just wait just a moment. I know we're running late. Holy Spirit, come and empower your people right now. Empower them to do your work. Empower them to do your work. Right now, you're beginning to feel the presence of God move on you. Some of you right now are starting to feel a tingling in your fingertips and your hands. That's, that's an empowering anointing coming upon your hands right now. Some of you, you feel like warm liquid is being poured over your head right now. That's the Holy Spirit anointing you. You're feeling that sensation. He's anointing you right now to do his work. Come, Holy Spirit. We love your ministry. Thank you, Lord. If you believe it, say amen and give the Lord a huge hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church 